Hope you're having a fantastic fall day. Um, the leaves are changing. It's looking beautiful. And uh, it's a good introspective season. Or maybe it's not fall for you right now. You're hearing this and it's uh, it's summer, right? I can look at how people listen to podcast episodes or maybe it's a thousand years from now and earth as we know it has ceased to exist and this has been discovered and you're listening to this to understand humanity. You may want to go elsewhere because uh, I don't know what a great glimpse you'll get because this is for... That was a weird way to think about the future. <laughs> uh, this is for people that want to grow like crazy. Um, I, I love that about you. I know that that's who I get to interact with, people that want to be thoughtful human beings, great leaders, and take every moment of their life and grow as much as possible. Uh, I did a hashtag on Twitter this past week uh, talking about that, and I said, let's elevate the species. And this is what we're ready for. We're ready for it. So, But sometimes when we're ready for the new, the change, the progression, the moving forward, we've got to return back to some ancient ideas that get lost along the way. So last episode, I talked about what it means to harness your anger. And the ones that are in parentheses, so that was last episode was parentheses number 40. That's a series I'm doing this year on really helping you understand living out a clear mission and building a healthy community. And some people are going through this as part of a a coaching program. They get the more customized conversations. But I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening along. And what I want to do is take that idea of harnessing the anger and really uh, apply it to what we're going to look at over the next few episodes and what it means to pay attention to the the flow of your team and where they're at. Well, I, I do a lot of work with people on their individual flow state, but we also want to think about the flow of a team. Now, let me make a statement. I'm going to be breaking this down, but the best builders of teams, tribes, communities, and families learn to develop their ability to feel the room. The best builders learn to feel the room. And that is an ability that you can develop. They keep their ear to the ground and they scan the horizon. They are in the moment, they're present engaged, but they're also looking to the future. They're they're focused on a vision they're headed towards. So I'm not just randomly moving through my day. I have a future vision, but I'm also engaged in the present. And so people that are great builders, they know when things fill off. They know when something is just not right. They know when a moment needs to be drawn out to shift the energy. They know when they need to check in on a relationship. They don't do this perfectly because nobody does, but they are paying attention to uh, these internal cues and signals. And even when they mess up, because we all mess up, they can apologize and redirect the attention to whatever the shared vision is of the community, tribe, team, family, whatever. So I'm going to just say it again. This is a skill that you can develop. And one of the most essential uh, subsets of that skill of monitoring the flow of a community is noticing when relationships go sideways. So what you want to start to learn to recognize is when relationships go sideways. See, here's what happens. It's easy for a bitter root to grow quickly in a team setting and defile the momentum, energy, and unity you're trying to build. You can pour all kinds of time into a killer strategy. 
Um, and as the saying goes, culture eats strategy. So you've got your strategy, but the culture doesn't adopt it. Uh, or you, you spend so much time and energy developing momentum and you get into a, a, a place that there's a, a high level of performance happening, but something somewhere went sideways and now it's um, causing an infection to grow in the team. Years ago, the sewage line in our basement backed up. And no kidding, we actually had raw sewage backflowing into our basement. It was disgusting. Uh, talk about just being f- freaked out. It was vile. Uh, couldn't call Roto-Rooter quick enough. Yeah, the way that I think about this, and this is a little gross way to think about it, but it's going to get it in your brain and I got to forget it. Some teams, communities, and groups sit around in sewage. I mean, I, I picture them sitting in the in the team meeting or around the kitchen table as a family. Nobody is monitoring flow. No one is cutting out the bitter roots to establish the healthy flow. They're surrounded by backflow. Um, I'm building the party community tribe I want to be a part of. So I do this work of monitoring flow. And here's how you do it. And it's going to be with one of the least sexy leadership words I can think of. Forgiveness. Now, whoa, before you go away, this, how is this a, a podcast to help me grow? Forgiveness, real quick. I'm going to define it. I release my need to make you pay a price for what you've done. That's it. I release my need to make you pay a price for what you've done. So here's a few quick thoughts for you as a leader to prevent relational backflow uh, with forgiveness. Number one. Be specific. Forgiveness is specific, so the apology needs to be specific. If it's your apology, you don't utter it in a lame, sorry if I did anything. Be as clear as you can. If you're not sure, then ask, help me understand what I did. And then hold others to the same standard to be specific. Um, I had a phone call right before I recorded this podcast with a friend. And uh, it's a situation that I can't help, but I still needed to acknowledge it. And I need to specifically say, I'm sorry, I haven't been able to do what I said I would do yet. Thankfully, this friend was gracious and understood, but I was specific. And even though it wasn't a situation that I could necessarily control, it was still something I needed to own. Because I want to monitor flow. And specifically for this podcast, we're talking about watching out for bitter roots. I could have not brought it up with him and carried around a sense of shame uh, that I'm not doing what I said I wanted to do. Um, you know, I could have not brought it up with him, and, and, and he would have, a uh, stellar leader. But if he wouldn't have, then now we've got something growing in between us, this little sideways energy. So be specific. Number two, don't be trigger happy. Here's what happens all the time. When you walk into the conversation or the meeting thinking, I hope they bring up such and such so I can let them have it. And maybe you're not consciously thinking that, but it's like you're trigger happy. You're walking into that meeting going, come on, I'm cocked and ready to fire. You just bring up that report that uh, didn't happen. And I'm going to let you know why I couldn't get it done. Yeah, you're ready to get your pound of flesh. And here's the thing. You'll lose leadership credibility when you go off. Um, Much of what you're committing in that moment has nothing to do with the actual offense, but it's just an insecure way of you saying, you will give me 
what I want from you. And if they could look you in the eye and apologize and own it fully and word it awesome, you would be comforted in the moment. You would feel better. But somebody else somewhere is going to do something else to you. So just learn to not get your hand on the trigger. Process that conversation internally first so you can master the nuance of it externally. So I encourage people to actually, whatever they feel uh, really angry or upset about, process that conversation in your mind with them so that you can relax it. And don't walk into that conversation, meeting, family space, tribe space, trigger happy. All right? Number three, don't forgive too quick. We feel pressure to resolve things immediately. It surfaces an insecurity. We want to make sure the relationship gets back on track. But we need time to think through what happened. We need time to think through what boundaries and systems need to be implemented or improved. We need time to understand the price we falsely think they owe us. It needs to be perfectly okay to say, I'm not ready to forgive you yet. Now, we've got to make sure you come back around to the issue. That's monitoring flow for the bitter root. Just do it when you're ready. And just because you forgive, it doesn't mean the parameters of the relationship have to stay the same. Sometimes things happen and the relationship changes because of the offense, the pain, the hurt. Number four, this is a fun one and so many people don't practice it, but it feels good. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Self-punishment helps no one. You made a mistake. I get it. We all make mistakes every day. Learn to treat yourself with kindness. How you motivate yourself matters. Like a detached observer, walk yourself through the situation. Maybe you can even learn to say this to yourself. Hey, self, I get why you did that. Next time, you'll be better prepared. But it's okay. So clean up the sewage that's there. And then monitor the flow through awareness so you don't get another backup. All of this requires an incredible amount of self-awareness and focus. This level of awareness and focus is a result of the hard work of introspection. Yes, it's work. Yet, the most aware people in the room are the happiest. The most aware people in the room uh, at the end of the day get to understand this idea that the work of introspection is worth it because they don't have to unnecessarily play along with things that don't really matter, all right? So monitor that flow, pay attention for the bitter roots, learn to develop that skill. When relationships go sideways, learn these steps with forgiveness. Apply liberally. Have an awesome rest of the day. Peace.